Welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast. I'm going to start over. <laughs> Sorry, it looked like I hadn't started recording it. Uh, cut this out. <laughs> there isn't a one-size-fits-all marketing approach to selling real estate. And sure, there's best practices, but I think that you need to develop a strategy that's unique to your brand or your business and that highlights your superpower. So welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you find your superpower and exploring creative solutions to build a more visible brand that consistently delivers an exceptional customer experience. Whether you're selling real estate, loans, title, or escrow, doesn't matter. We've got you covered. Let's go. Welcome to the Marketing Crunch Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the subject of asking for the sale. And one of the reasons that this topic came up is because I feel like, uh, in my personal like experience, that I am tempted to believe if I am a good enough person and I put myself out in front of people as a good enough person, and I just sort of exist in the universe, and people know that I exist in the universe, that they will like me so much, they will want to give me business. And um, in my experience, having run sales team in the past, this is something that even the most experienced salespeople are inclined to feel like. And so the way that that feeling that I stated in kind of an absurdist way, but let, let's cash it out for a second. The way that that can you know play itself out is in our industry, for example, you show up as a title rep or an escrow rep or an NHD rep or a lender to broker preview meetings, and you're the nice person, right? You set up the tables, you greet everybody, maybe you're the person who sponsors the food, and, and, you, and you, you, know, you put some time into making sure your table looks good. And you're always helpful. Always helpful. You're the most helpful person. And everyone says hi to you, and you say hi to them, and you leave that meeting and you think, awesome, Like I am really doing a great job. I'm going to get business out of this. And you do it again the next week. And you do it again the next week and you're spending the company's money. And when your manager says, Hey, how'd it go this week? You're like, Oh, I went to three broker preview meetings. I showed up at open houses. Everybody loved me. I had the best conversation. We hit it off really well. You start saying that kind of stuff, right? And the feeling is the business is going to come. Guys, in your experience, what is wrong with this perspective? That you're the nice guy and you're just the nice guy and Nobody's gonna. They're just gonna always take advantage of that. And don't you want to be the nice guy? Well, I'm not saying be. I'm not saying don't be a nice guy. But if you don't ask for the business explicitly, I don't think you're gonna get it. I. I don't know. I've. I don't know when it changed for me, but I remember having an old, uh, an old boss who used to always grind on me to ask for the sale. And at first I thought, damn, you're, you're kind of intense. Like, like, <laughs> but then I realized as time went on, I'm like, you know what? He's actually not in test. And if you don't ask, you don't get, and, and that's something that, you know, I've tried teaching, uh, to people my age who are getting a job. Like, um, and, and I say, if they give you a job offer, always negotiate or always like, Oh, always negotiate. No, I don't want to do that because if I do that, they're going to take the offer off the table. It's like, no, if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, and when it came like that old boss, we also always butt heads a little bit, but he was right. Um, so my approach always became ask for the sale, close, ask for the sale, close. 
So I used to always joke, I, I've sold software for years. Um, I always joke with people, hey, when after you do your demo and you get into your pitch, always say, by the way, we accept Visa, MasterCard, and American Express and hand them uh, the sales contract. When pe some people laugh at me. They're like, ha ha, that's very funny. And I'm like, no, seriously, we accept Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. Which one do you want to use today? And it was kind of aggressive, but I was always, you know, number one in sales at it whenever we had a trade show and we had a booth. Um, just about almost always number one in sales anytime we had a trade show or booth. And it's, you have to ask for the sale. I have uh, sales reps now who, and I've, and I know because I've seen it, we'll, we'll, you know, um, they'll say, you know, gosh, Scott, we've known each other for 10 years. You know, I'm your friend. Uh, we hang out. How come you don't give me a deal? And it's like, well, because you do this, you hang out with them, your friends and, you know, you have drinks, you have lunch, you have dinner, but you never ask for the business. So if you don't ask, they're not like the reason they're not giving it to you is because they're treating you like a friendship and they don't take you, they don't take you seriously. They don't respect you. I feel like if you don't get to a point where the person, the other person respects you, you're not going to build a business relationship. Right. So, um, I absolutely do not think that there's anything wrong with asking for the sale. I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think there's uh, such a thing as too much follow-up. I don't think there's such a thing as too aggressive. Um, I think you have to basically throw a stake in the sand and say, you know, this is my objective. I'm here to create a business transaction between us. And um, if you play Mr. Nice Guy, that really just gets you nowhere. You're not building respect. You're not building trust. You're just a nice guy that everyone can kind of take advantage of. And that's a bad thing. I, at least that's the way I see it. I, I don't know. Maybe that sounds a little too intense. But no, I don't I don't I struggle I struggle with this because I don't I'm not good at sales. I don't like doing i don't like feeling like sales this is this internal dialogue stuff that we talk about a lot um but like i don't consider myself a a, a salesperson and, and it's a little bit of a hang up with myself with, with 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 me but um i have that problem i i mean i i feel uncomfortable asking for the sale what it ends up what it how it manifests itself to me is i don't know that i've done enough to earn the trust yet so it makes me hypersensitive about earning the trust and about doing a better job so you know for instance ricardo when you and i decided it's been almost two years now we decided hey let's go out and do these lunch and learn series for agents right and start doing business with them um we did a bunch of those things and and I didn't, we'd never really, I didn't really ask for the sale. I didn't ask for the sale. Um, we got a lot of activity, but it's not always the activity that you want. We, if you don't ask for the sale, you, you're probably resting on activity as being accomplishment and not accomplishment being accomplishment, right? As you're like, wow, look at all of that activity. I feel satisfied. I must have done a good job because people are talking about it or whatever. That doesn't mean that you got the business, but people come up to you and they say, oh, that was a great presentation, right? Get that a lot. Um, but no, this is an interesting conversation because I'm trying to think in my head, is there a context or is there a 
time that you're that you should be more aggressive than others and asking for the sale because what you did say is that makes a lot of sense is if you ask for the sale and you've brought no value to the conversation and you haven't earned any trust then you're just kind of being an aggressive (laughs) a-hole you know but but if you but if you feel like you've given a hundred percent of the, you feel like you've delivered the value proposition and you've explained everything to the best of your ability and you recognize that hey this is probably a good solution then you know then you can probably turn up the heat but so let me ask you that ricardo is there a time do you think that you should spend nurturing the relationship before you're asking for this. Sale. Well, I think I think you and I are built the same way in the sense that, like, whenever I've done webinars it, for all my life, it's value uh, value first, always value first. Mm-hmm. If you're not delivering value, then yeah, you're not building trust, you're not building rapport, you're not you're not just you're not contributing anything. So why would you go in for the jugular, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's always value first, and I think that's when you're cold calling somebody that's when you're like you have to you have to do that first if not then like you said you're just an aggressive salesperson and people can smell i think the snake oil uh that snake oil salesman that's approaching right yeah because um, your motivation is i need to get this sale not right i need to match you with the per with the right solution right but again i just feel like any i i look at our sales team Anybody who has grown in their position in the last year, it's because they've learned to ask for the sale and you know be a little more forceful about it. If you don't, then I think your your sales are always going to stagnate. I've had people who say, you know, we've known e- gosh, we've known each other for a long time. When are you going to give me a deal? That doesn't exude confidence. It it just doesn't. And you know, friendship it's is passive aggressive because usually well, you're just. Like, <laughs> I've known you for years. Never give me a deal. <laughs> yeah, but like I try to look at it from the other perspective. If 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 that's your pitch, like no wonder that that person doesn't respect you enough to do business with you. And they've said that by simple virtue of the fact that they've never given you a transaction. So um, something has to change, and you have to ask: Are we ever going to do business or not? And if and, you, if you want to do business with that person, if it's you know, there's the whole friends and family thing. You know, I, I, I don't know if I would super aggressively pursue doing business with friends and family. Every time you end up doing business with friends or family, it's always a little bit uncomfortable. But, but yeah, no, no, you're right. You know, it's, it, it works that way. So, you know, one of, one of the, the biggest lessons I think I learned, and I think we, did an episode on this, or we at least talked about it, was um, one of our business coaches um, talked about this in terms of asking for referrals, right? Because that's asking for the business, right? So if you've already done business with somebody, you know, and you're asking for you're asking for referrals, that's asking biz, that's asking for business. And they had a really cool, he's got a really cool script and a really cool way of framing it that made me think, oh, you know what? I could do that naturally. I could say that naturally and it wouldn't sound, it wouldn't make me feel uncomfortable and it wouldn't sound unusual. And the script goes something like this. Um, you know, hey, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, that was a great, that was a great transaction. Congratulations on your home. Was there anything that I could have done better? Um, uh, 
No, we did a great job. Okay, well, um, you know, listen, I have, um, you know, we love working with folks like you. And I just have a really, really big favor to ask of you. If you know anybody that you think would benefit from the experience you just had, um, could I count on you to forward their information to me or, or pass along my information to them? And it was that, can I count on you to help me spread this that was a little bit of a different twist on it that um and, and I tried it and I started using it and you'd be surprised how many because nobody will ever say no you can't, can't count on me. And so there's a little bit of that NLP in there, that neurolinguistic programming. There's a little bit of that you know you're you're controlling the conversation a little bit. Um, but psychologically that was really powerful for me. And, and I thought that was an interesting way to 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 approach asking for the sale in in a in a um, in a scenario where I I'm normally pretty uncomfortable or you or or you know because what does everybody do they say the greatest compliment you can give me is to refer <laughs> your friends and family right it's on the back of people's business cards it's in their email signatures and they kind of assume that that's where it ends but I just don't that doesn't feel good to me that doesn't feel you know, natural to me. Hey, did I do a good job? Yes. Well, you know, the best compliment you could give me, <laughs> it's like, I'm not asking for compliments. I'm asking you if, uh, if I can count on you to introduce me to somebody that you want to have a similar experience to what you just had. And, right. and so, yeah, no, this is an interesting, this is an interesting topic because I'm horrible at this. I, I just am. Well, let, let me chip away at this a little bit more. So I, so I hear the idea of leading with value first, but I can also use that as a massive delay tactic, right? So I can say, you know, Dustin, if, if, if I were reporting to my manager, you know, manager, I just, I, I just got into this crowd. I'm just starting to establish my presence. Let me, let me show up to these meetings for another three months. And then they'll know I'm serious. They'll know, they'll know I'm sticking around. They'll know that I'm committed to them. And then I can start asking them for the business. In other words, the way that it operates as a delay tactic is it allows me to continue to build a friendship, which I'm saying is leading with value. And I want to know, Ricardo, specifically, uh, since I think you're probably the harder driver on this, how much value do you really have to bring to somebody before you feel like it's time to ask for the business? <laughs> I think I think what I've been leading with is you have to tell people your motivations early on. So I I like in your business and our businesses, it's like you you have to communicate. There, there's nothing wrong with adding value and building that relationship, but on that first interaction, you lay out what your motivation is. You yeah. lay out you know why why, and I'm asking why because I have. So one of the things my team does is they invite people to broker preview meetings that they're a part of. And they don't tell the people they're cold calling that they're with an escrow company. They just invite them to oh, the meeting and serve because they don't want to, they're afraid that they're going to alienate those people. No, that's, think, that's a mistake. Broker preview, preview, build the relationship and then ask for the business. So why are, why are they doing it wrong in your opinion? I, I think that the second they find out you're with an escrow company and you didn't, you weren't forthcoming about it. I, I think that's going to have a more negative connotation than if you just brought it up up front. Then if you just brought it up and you, you know, I think that's more alienating than, than the opposite. 
because um because then because then you're that person that was like you're hiding something you're being sneaky about it and why did you have to do that i i can see where you're i can see where you're going with that i i think a lot of this comes down to justin is what's the sales cycle because you don't want to ask for the sale at the wrong point in the sales cycle and so it really just depends on what the transaction is because there is some trust that needs to go into it. So the example of the the broker preview, as you were describing this to Ricardo, what the what was going in through my mind was a broker preview, and in that type of a scenario, um, I would spend some time to get to know the people that are in that weekly meeting that come every single week. I would try to identify who comes every single week, who's talking about what. Um, and really look for opportunities to bring value to relationships. If you're just out there um, asking for the sale simply because I'm here asking for it, and there's no other real reason why you should ever want to do business with me other than the fact that I stood up in front of a room and said, I'm an escrow company and we would love your escrow you know, orders without building any relationships and not knowing anybody's first name in the audience, it, you know, that's probably not the right time to do it. But I don't think that's wasting. I don't think that's wasting time if you're investing well, in building trust relationships. What they're doing is they're they're the broker preview isn't a gimmick. Like they're really invested in this. They think broker previews add a lot of value. It, it creates community, creates an opportunity to expose people to properties. It gets agents knowing one another, which builds camaraderie, which makes future deals really great. Uh, so and and they're just passionate about. It. Like they just love to serve their community in this way. And so they really want people to come to the broker preview meeting. And, and we have seen it where, uh, you know, they sh- these people come having been invited by one of my team members. They come, they, they root in, they connect, and then they see my team members just working really hard. And, and then my team members go and say, Hey, you know, I'd love the opportunity to work with you. You see how hard, you know, how, how much I'm hustling here. You see how hard I'm working. What would it take to earn your business? Right. And so they do that. So, I mean, that seems like a, a good path. But what I'm hearing from Ricardo is, maybe I'm waiting too long. Like maybe, maybe I just, you know, maybe my team and I just need to make it, make the ask even on that first call, which is something along the lines of, I'm inviting you to this broker preview meeting. By the way, I'm in escrow. And part of the reason I want you to come to this, is I want you to see how hard my team and I work for you. And I would love the opportunity to earn your business. I don't know if it needs to be phrased that way necessarily. I mean, I think there's a better, not a better, but I think there's a different way you could phrase it where you can say, um, Hey, listen, I'm a local, I'm a local escrow company and we have this amazing broker preview. I've met some of the coolest people I've ever met there. There's some great people you can share ideas with. It's a good group of people. Um, I'm really passionate about what we're doing. Uh, I wanted to reach out and see if we could invite you to one of the meetings and see what you think. So, I mean, I, I think you could approach it that way because if they're passionate about it, that's what's going to draw people in. Not the fact that you're an escrow company, but their passion in describing the, the, the opportunity and why I think it's a good fit for you. You know, I mean, and they're not asking people to show, show up in a broker preview that don't have listings, right? Because that's not doing anybody any good. Well, no, we sometimes we do because we want to have, you know, you, who knows who has buyers, right? And it's like, okay. hey, you know, people have listings. I'm, I'm, I know you don't have one right now, but you might have buyers and we want to expose these properties. Like this is a value add to those who do have listings. Right, right. And, 
right. This is a good, this is a great group. I've been involved with them for a long time. There's a lot of referrals back and forth. Um, whether you have buyers or you have listings, this is a great way to get the, get the exposure out there. Um, you know, it's been, it, it's a really great group. Um, I've been to other broker previews. They're not as the, you know, they're not all the same. Uh, this one is a really core group of interesting people. I think you'd really enjoy it. I just wanted to invite you. That, that's, that's pretty passive. I mean, that's a passive way to approach it. And saying, hey, I just wanted to invite you. You're the guy, you're the guy who's going to be the nice guy. I want to know <laughs> what Hunter Killer Ricardo would do. Is, is he, is he going to be like, hey, man. No, on a cold, this is a good scenario. I like this scenario because it it is you're trying to build a long term relationship, right? If this I, isn't an I, impulse sale. If I was an escrow rep, I would say, "Hey, I, my name is Ricardo. I work with an escrow company called Lighthouse, and I would be upfront about you know saying who I am, what I do, and what my intentions are." I don't think there's hang up, <laughs> hang up. <Yeah. laughs> Oh, if it like you're saying, if it was a cold call versus like going out in the field and and building that relationship, oh, yeah, these start as cold call. Yeah. Oh, then you know, I I would bring it up eventually. <laughs> Got it. I I always bring it up on the first call. I never. Yeah. I always bring it up on the first call. But but see the value the 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 value that you're trying to relay to the person on the other side of the phone is not that you're an escrow company. It's that you found this really good this really great group that you think will benefit their business. You just happen to be the messenger from an escrow company, right? The purpose of them showing up isn't to meet. Well, it is to meet you, but it isn't to get a, it isn't to meet a new escrow company. It's to be a part of this broker preview. Yeah. So no, I would absolutely bring it up because I do think Ricardo's right. If you, if you don't say who you are and then they find out, you know, if you, if it seems like you're being sneaky about it, I think they would be bummed. I, I think you might turn people off. Scott, never underestimate the sneakiness. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're right. I, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, listen, I have these I have these experiences. I actually just recently had an experience with somebody. Uh, they connected with me on LinkedIn. I'm getting more and more cautious about the people on LinkedIn because it seems like there's just it's all solicitations. Um, this person seemed like they were in my business, they were in my industry, and they did some things that were similar. And um, and I looked at and and I connected with them, and they reached out to me, and we messaged a little bit, and they wanted to pitch me on something. I was like, okay, I. I understand enough about what you're doing. Sure. I'll take a look at it. And, and I took a look at it, but they were really, really pushy. I still think that it's a really good product and a really good idea. And it's potentially an opportunity to partner up with these people to bring value to my clients, um, as well as other things, but they were so, it was so much about jump in bed with us. Now get in bed with us. Now you need to mm -hmm. partner with us now that it, it it kind of turned me off. I mean, I'm somebody who can look at something and I can see where it fits into my into my scenario. And if they would take the time to get to know me and how I implement and how I execute, 
if they wanted to get into the stuff that I'm doing, they needed to take more time to understand my speed and my pace. So I don't think they took enough time. And even though I think it's valuable and it could be a valuable relationship, they didn't take enough time to know me and they asked for the sale too aggressively and it kind of turned me off. Right. So that was a situation where they just didn't take the time to, to get to know how to ask for the sale. And I think that's an important part of this is how you ask for the sale, I think, is also is, is also important. Well, let's talk about. OK, so let's talk about how to ask for the sale. So you guys are I'm curious to hear from you guys because you have some good thoughts on this. Uh, you've, you've said some things in the past about this. What are some good phrases or good ways uh, approaches, I guess you could even say, of asking for the sale. So Scott, for example, you said, can I count on you for X? Um, that seems like an interesting way to ask for bit referral business or maybe even, you know, hey, can I, count on, uh, can I count on you to work with me on your next escrow, right? Something like that. Um, are there other phrases or other, other ways of asking that you've found to be more effective than others? I, I, think, I think everyone always has a relationship. They'll always say, no, I'm happy with my escrow person or I already have a relationship. Um, the question is always, you know, it's funny though, when you ask, well, what is that other person? Like, what has that other person done to help you with your business? The answer is always almost kind of, uh, not much. Mm -hmm. yeah, or so, they buy all my marketing materials. Or, or they buy all my marketing materials. So, so you can effectively say stuff like, well, if I can help you with X, would that be worth, you know, an, um, a 30 minute appointment to talk about your business and how we can help. It, it's always kind of reframing the question. If I can help you with X, would that be worth 30 minutes of your time? Or if I can help you with X, um, can I count on you for the next, for your next escrow? I, I, th I think what's important about what you're talking about, Ricardo, cause I completely agree with you there. Um, but the part that the, the, the part that I think you need to, we need to really kind of nail down is is how do you get into that conversation where you can identify their pain points so something that you know something that's pretty easy to do is when you just start talking to people um hey i'm a lender do you do you work with lenders oh you do okay well you're successful um so so you must have a great relationship what do you love most about that about that relationship Right. Right. And look for the opportunities. One of the things that I one of the things that I like to do is um, is, wow, it sounds like you've got a really great relationship. Well, um, we're really good at this, this, this and this. So while your guy may be able to take care of 90 percent of what you need, we're really good at this. So, um, you know, if you if you know, if you know, if you have a scenario like that, um, I'd love an opportunity to give you a second opinion. Or if they turn anything down, I would like to take a look at it just to give you a second opinion. Um, I think that's a good way. That's a good way for us because I believe in our processes and I believe in in our team and I believe in the way that we communicate with consumers and with our our uh, uh, partners. That I think if we can have that first conversation, um, I know we're well in on the road to earning that trust. Um, but again, it goes, it goes to, are you, are, when you're asking for the sale, are you asking for you 
or are you trying to solve their problem? So I think asking for the sale sounds a little bit, to me, it comes off as being selfish, self-centered, because you're not, you're not going to get that sale unless you solve somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to understand that problem. You have to identify that problem. You have to identify what works. And, and then you have to identify where maybe they they haven't thought about it yet. Um, or it's something they've just been turning down or, or anything like that. Um, you got to understand the problem. So you can't ask if you're asking for the sale. If you're asking for the sale without understanding whether they have a need, you're missing the boat. So I think that's a super, super important thing is to have that framework and that groundwork of, of, of trust building and really understanding because people will do business with you if you can solve their problems. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know their problems, they'll give you a chance if they'll solve their problems. I'm telling you right now, if somebody walked in Dustin's front door and said, you give me $5,000 and I'll build your CRM for you. He might think about it for a couple of minutes. He might do some <laughs> homework and then he'll make it rain. Right, spend money on them so fast. Yeah, you'll be uh, like, he'll be, so seriously. No, I'm dead serious. If right. if Dustin gets a phone call from somebody that says, "I just listened to your podcast, and I and and I want to tell you, you're not alone. I've dealt with these other five escrow companies. They've all had the same experience. We brought these solutions to the table. Um, do you want to? Can he? You know? Can I? Can I? Can I have an opportunity to make your life easier? Dustin's going to say, heck yeah. That's because they (laughs) knew that Dustin had a problem and they came up to it. That was because he was talking about it. But as salespeople, we've got to draw that out of the people that we want to build relationships with. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I'm I'm just processing this because it seems... It's true, but it also seems obvious that I'm trying to figure out why it is like why it is that people go to these meetings, they go to these industry events, they glad hand, they talk about the challenges that they might have even. And then there's a, you know, can I have the opportunity to work with you if I solve this kind of, and, and there's not traction because I feel like not traction is the norm. I feel like Swapping business cards, having drinks, big smiles is the norm. Not doing business uh, is the norm. And somebody who can actually go out there and close deals and, and bring the business in, those people are the exception, which is also why they tend to be highly compensated. And I'm trying to figure out like what it is in people's heads or what it is about the sales process or I don't know where to, I don't know where to locate the problem. But there's, I feel like we're like orbiting some unsaid thing that needs to be fleshed out and explained to show the bridge. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Young, young Ricardo was, was all about networking and grabbing a drink and, uh, you know, hanging out for lunches and doing all of that. And today's Ricardo... <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with that unless we're already working together. Really? I, what, yeah. what was the shift there for you? I don't know. Um, it's respect for my time, respect for my process, and I don't mind being friends, but I'm here to do business. Maybe it's an attitude thing, and 
but it's also like a reflection thing. I, I can tell when it, I can tell if an agent says, let's go grab lunch at Gulfstream. I can tell whether it's going to be worth my time or not. And for the most part, it's not. The expectation is they just want me to pay for lunch and they're not interested in doing business. And if that's the case, what's really the point of doing that? I, I don't know. Like really, what, what's the point of us getting together if the expectation is you just want me to pay for lunch? Well, I mean, it gives you a chance to maybe identify their problem or it maybe gives you a chance to build relationship with somebody that, you know, we talk about... What if that person uh, literally just wants me to buy their lunch? Yeah. I mean, that's the risk though, right? I mean, if you can build your like, trust and no factors by taking them to lunch... But I, but I, but I, no, I've, you see, I've, I've, I can spot that in people pretty quickly. Scott knows that I'm a pretty good judge of character by now. Yeah. They're really good at that. And... I could tell that this woman just wanted us to pay for lunch, wanted me to pay for lunch. There, there are also people that will invite you to lunch to see what you can do, what you, how you're going to fix their problems, right? Without them really even understanding what their problems, what are you going to do for me? Right. Right. Do, do, yeah, I, it, do, I, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've run into that. I've run into that. To and it and I'm I've I've kind of done the same thing as you, Ricardo, because you and I are kind of wired a, a lot. You like people more than I do, um, or you're more comfortable around people. <laughs> I like I like people, um, but but you're more comfortable being around people than than, than I am networking and things like that. Um, but it, it yeah, you 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 want to. Listen again. It comes down to what's what you're asking for. What's the sale that you're asking for? Because, you know, we talk about real estate as really a relationship business, and it does. And it does. It requires that. I guess here's here's the scenario that I was that I, that I was getting back to, and I'm going to circle back. I'm going to backtrack to kind of what I said before. Is you have the right to ask for the sale when you understand their problem, and if you're not taking the time to understand their problem because i'll tell you right now if you have a problem that i can solve i'm going to be super excited about it it's going to be like a light that goes off if if dustin you and i are talking and about 15 minutes into it you see me go i'm waiting i'm waiting i'm like i'm like oh my god i'm oh my god i can solve that i i know what your i know what your problem is i was like you know i had somebody else that had that same scenario this is what we did with them and you know and we go and that that builds a lot of that momentum of that trust and and so asking for the sale is is absolutely important but that's also you've got to the most important thing that you've got to do is learn to keep your eye on the ball and swing the bat right so you've got to just keep if you just go out there and you're not watching the ball and you're just swinging the bat like crazy for for home runs you're whiffing every single time you've got to get to you've got to get to know what trajectory they're on where they're coming from where their challenges are and and quite frankly you're not going to be the right solution for every problem that everybody's going to have you're not going to be the right partnership and you're doing yourself a disservice if you're asking for the business. It, because, Ricardo, we have this conversation all of the time when uh, title reps go out and they ask for the business. They go out there. They think they're Santa Claus. They try to give everything <laughs> away. They, they set up unrealistic expectations for people and they ask for the business. But then what happens? 
the expectations that they set can't be met because they didn't find out what the person's problem was. They just went in with Santa Claus. They just went in who wants money? I'm giving away money. And, mm-hmm. and, and who wants money? Who wants free money? Everybody's hand goes up. Who wants to work for it? Nobody's so, hand goes so, up. So here, my, one of my old bosses, and maybe this is what instilled it in me, used to always ask me after I'd come back from a trade show. It used to ask me before I even went out to the trade show or we were going to do a big webinar. Um, and he would always ask me, show me your pitch. Show me what you're going to say. How are you going to close? How are you going to close? You have to drive the sale home. You have to drive, you have to sell the, the 30-day trial. You have to sell the trial. You have to close. And every time I'd come, af- come back from a trade show, he'd ask, how did you do? And I'd hand over my sales and he would ask, how did you close? What were the objections that people had? What did they say? What did they, you know, what did they say? And I would share the objections and he'd say, okay, good. What did you say? And it would be this back and forth drilling of basically tell me the objections and how did you respond? And I didn't realize it maybe, or I was just annoyed or frustrated. What I realized was he was coaching me and he was helping me kind of work through this exercise of know your shit so much or so well that you don't even think about what your response is going to be so that you can just focus on the process and the close. Because if you constantly have to think about what your response is going to be, you're not going to follow the process and you're not going to do the close effectively. And so that's the problem with a lot of stuff. A lot of, I think, sales is we don't practice enough. We don't practice, we don't practice or exercise what our possible responses are to an objection. And that's where most people get caught up. They don't know how to respond. Like you could have handled that objection a lot better. You just weren't prepared or you didn't think about it. Like, I, I don't think uh, I used to tell agents, um, I was at a Tom Ferry conference and the two speakers said, what you'll realize after a few years in the business is that you're not going to get a thousand different objections. You're going to get the same 10 objections rephrased a thousand ways. So one of the exercises he does with his new agents is he would have them get uh, a bunch of three by five note cards and write up a bunch of objections, just a, a stack of objections. And every day he wanted them to rehearse, pick five random objections read them out loud and re- like role play. How would you respond to that objection? And after you've gone through this deck a few times after the course of a year, you'll be so well prepared to handle any objection when you go out door knocking. And I think that's true for escrow. I think that's true for title. I think that's true for sale, uh, for uh, mortgage people who are trying to build relationships with real estate agents. Here are, um, I, I've been looking for this as we've been talking because I sent this out to my sales team um, gosh, I sent this out to my sales team last year. I want to say November, December, but then I also sent it out, uh, to the sales team on, uh, it looks like on, on May 11th or something. Um, I said, here, are the, uh, oh, this is going to get tactical. I said, here are the lines that you can use to ask for business after a meeting or just in general when you're following up. And so here are some of them. If we were able to help you in this area, would that be the start of a business relationship? Hmm. Or, or after having a few conversations and you've been helpful, um, have I earned your next title or escrow? Hmm. Do you see any reason we couldn't close your next deal? Now you're just surfacing for, am I adding value to your business and have these conversations been helpful? Have these lunch meetings been helpful? Do you see any reason we couldn't close your next deal? Um, also, what is something in your business right now that if we could help you solve, we would earn your business? 
So I'm explicitly asking them, what can I help you with at this very moment? Um, would this be a good time to ask if we can do business together? Or my currency is escrow. I get paid in escrow, right? When, when people ask, uh, you know, can you help me with X? Or um, what I say, my goal with this meeting is to earn your escrow business. If by the end you feel I haven't, please let me know. Does that sound like a good deal? Like that's something that I would say immediately before going out to an appointment. Like when we sit down for lunch after we've had a cocktail, my goal for this meeting is to earn your escrow business. If by the end you feel I haven't done that, please let me know. Does that sound fair? Good. Great. Yeah. If that fair is a good, is a, is a really good line yep. that you want to always have in those types of conversations. Um, the one Scott said too, can I count on you for your next uh, escrow is a good one. And then have I brought enough value to you today to earn your next title or escrow? And then the thing that I, that I said is everybody has a title or escrow company that they're working with. This is true. Everybody has a company that they're working with. So if somebody says that they're already working with XYZ title company or escrow company, create the differentiation. Cre you have to create differentiation for yourself. So one of the things that I like, a few of the things that I would ask is, hey, I understand you're working with someone. All of my clients were at some point working with someone else at this point as well. Um, do they help you with ABC like I did today? Are they consistently bringing you new ideas and helping you do more deals? Do they have, um, you know, whatever? If if we can help uh, solve this problem or provide solutions to that pain point, would that be worth a 45-minute meeting? So it's like, those are all setup questions and trigger questions for me to get intel on <laughs> what is your pain point? What is it that this other company is providing that maybe uh, you're not getting and how can I point you and steer the ship in that direction? Mm -hmm. But I'm never not like, I don't think you should ever not be asking any one of those questions on an initial interaction. I think you have to set that tone and expectation up front. Yeah. And there's a, there's a couple other things, a couple other things as well as if you're meeting with somebody face to face, they already, it, there's there this comes from another one of my coaching groups uh, because they encouraged loan officers to go out and meet with real estate agents right and all real estate agents work with other lenders so this is a really good um, probably scenario and and there's a couple of things that 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 happen the 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 first thing is um, meters are cheaters so if they'll <laughs> meet with you if they'll meet with you they're willing to entertain a new relationship. So you're already there. You don't have to convince them 100%. of anything else. All you have to do is listen close enough. This is the number one rule in sales. If you ask good questions and you shut up and you listen, people will tell you exactly how to sell them. They'll tell you what words to use. They'll tell you when to use those <laughs> words and they will tell you when they're ready to buy. If you listen close enough, and all of those closes are really important, but God gave us one mouth and two ears. If you're not listening twice as much as you're talking, no close is going to help you through the fact that you didn't build a relationship and you didn't identify their pain point and you didn't bring a specific solution to their specific problem. So the, what you said about rebuttals, um, and, uh, and overcoming objections is so incredibly powerful because you're so you're right. There's there's um, 
And that's something that I leveraged on my website is if one person asks a question, then you know, statistically speaking, exponentially more people have that same question. It's the same thing in our business. There's only a handful of questions that anybody ever asks. There's only... There's only three things, Dustin, that any real estate agent cares about whether what a, a, a escrow company will do for them, right? And and you need to identify what their experience is with those points, and look for opportunities to introduce a different experience. And again, meters are cheaters. If they're talking to you, they're already open to something else. But where you will fail is if you don't have the ability to overcome those preconceived um, ideas that they have, those preconceived notions with simple objection training. Because your whole goal with a, your your whole goal, I mean, think of it this way. Your your chances of closing that sale increase exponentially the more, the more the, um, percentage of time they talk, the greater the percentage of time they talk is compared to you. Every time they give you an objection, they're trying to hand over the conversation and make you talk. As a salesperson, I don't want to be the one talking. I need to be listening for what their problem is. So being able to crisply come back with an uh, overcome that objection uh, and then get them talking again, you know what? That is an interesting conversation. That is an interesting point. Um, What's your experience with that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, something like that. Oh, well, yeah, my last guy was doing this, that, and the other thing. That's why I was curious how you do it, you know? And now all of a sudden you just found out that they have something they don't like from another person. I, you know what? I really encourage people if they want to be better salespeople, um, start learning about, um, persuasion. Uh, uh, Robert, uh, Cialdini has two books now. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Cialdini, Um, but it's influence and it's neuro-linguistic programming. It's what Tony Robbins does. Um, It's using words purposely and using phraseology purposely. And most importantly, it's, it's, it's how to have conversations. It's how to draw out from people what their pain points are. Um, But study that stuff because the better you communicate, the easier it's going to be for you to ask for that sale. Asking for the sale is one of those things, just like everything. If you don't put any work up front, it's going to be hard. But if you put in all of the work up front, asking for the sale is nothing. That's gravy. That's just like, well, of course. You know, we, we've invested all of this time. You've addressed specifically every one of my pain points. Absolutely. Let's give this a shot. I'll give you a chance to solve my problem. So I I recommend that anybody who wants to be better at sales, um, just asking for the sale is, is, is important how you ask for the sale and how you build up to the ask for the sale is 90% of the the work that needs to get done. You also need the other person to respect respect you and respect your time. I, I think they'll respect you and respect your time if you're upfront about what your intentions are. If you're not upfront about what your intentions are, they don't necessarily respect you 100%. They might throw you a bone, but that's the point. I don't want to just get thrown a bone every now and then. I want you to respect my time and I want you to respect this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and hey, 
you know, Dustin, I respect what you do. I've been watching what you do. I'd love to be able to do business with you. But um, most importantly, I like to just get to know you a little bit better and find out about your experience and see if we're a fit. We might not be. Yep. So tell me a little bit more about this and then just get them talking. Another uh, really great book and resource uh, and I, this applies to to real estate 100% too, is uh, Exactly What to Say by Phil Jones. He has exactly what to say and exactly what to say for sales and then exactly what to say for real estate. So we'll link to those in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Asking for the, asking for the sale is a communication tool. And if you're in the business of communicating, get good at communicating. And then asking for the sale is is evidence of you doing a good job learning how to communicate. All right. Well, I think that's that's a lot. It's a lot to take in. There's a lot there for me to think about. Um, I'm actually going to give this podcast to my sales team, and and I'm also going. Uh, I just pulled up uh, the exactly what to say on Google. I see that he's given some talks, so there's some YouTube videos. A uh, great way to put the toe in the water on on uh, Phil Jones's uh, Phil Jones's tactics, and then if it's any good, you know, Audible has the book, and so does Amazon. Um, but yeah, guys, this has been very helpful. If uh, any of you listening have further questions, maybe you want to pose a hypothetical for how to close. Marketing Trend Facebook group is a place that you can post that stuff right now. Um, great place to go. Uh, we also have previous episodes where we've talked about you know how to maybe narrow in on your community, your sphere of influence, figure out who maybe the, the targets are for best referrals. That would be the Pareto principle, the 80-20 principle. Um, go into people who have been past clients or people that you know really know, like, and trust you. Maybe that's where you apply the whole. Hey, can I count on you to refer me if someone you know if someone asks you for an agent or someone asks you for an escrow or title or something like that? So you can check out all of our previous episodes at marketingtrench.fm. Finally, we encourage you to go check out our sister podcast over at Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative. We're a founding member of that awesome group. Great podcast there for lenders and uh, other people in our industry. Realdisrupt.com is where you can find those podcasts. Until next time, this has been The Marketing Trench. Yeah!